inside the off stump. Oh, he's caught it! I don't believe it! Tom Kola Cadmore has caught the most magnificent catch at short third man. It's the end of Daniel Sams, and Somerset have won the Vitality Blast 2023. They've bowled Essex out for 131. Good evening, you'll listen to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Harry Everett, President of Somerset County Cricket Club, Peter Wanders, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio, Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Well, where should we start tonight then, uh, Gent? Should we talk about that game up at, uh, up at Gloucester? Somerset looking absolutely dead and buried. But then in the gloom, out comes Roloff and Amerva, 48 or 15 balls. Wins the game in the Dying Embers in a partnership with Josh Davey to see Somerset victorious in the Vitality Blast uh, up at uh, the Unique Seat Stadium last year. And as far as I'm concerned, we haven't played Gloucester at all since then. <laughs> Apart from oh, we have. We yeah. have. Yeah, we have. Oh, we will Smead. I mean, uh, to be honest, that was that's probably the highest limited overs innings at, at, up at uh, Neville Road this year, I think. I can't think of any others. Can you? Only one higher score in a county versus county list day game ever. And that was Surrey versus Gloucestershire 2007, 496. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about Sunday. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, Harry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twas not a pleasant day to be a Somerset fan. Although. No, it's just a horrible day. It, was, it was a horrible day, all, all told, really. And whether you're a Somerset fan or not. I don't think even well some of the Gloucestershire fans in, enjoyed it, but it was such an. I mean, Gracie, certainly for the first and third of his innings, didn't actually bat particularly well at all. But he put himself into form as he as he went along and and ended up just toying with the bowling, hitting it wherever he he wanted. It was it was sad, uh, you know. It was, it was the massacre <coughs> of the innocent on on Twitter, and you know it's. Um, as I've said on television tonight, it's it's just this sort of ultimate condemnation of what the ECB have done to the county cricket season by trying to run two competitions simultaneously. They, you know, they've lionised one and they've, they've completely uh, undermined and uh, downgraded, sidelined the other. And, and you know, the 50-over competition, whether it's the Gillette Cup. Best Cheltenham, Gloucester, CB40, YB40, One Day Cup. You know, in its it, it was the main one day competition of the year with sellout uh, crowds at Lords and uh, you know, massive occasions that people remember. I mean, people now remember the 67 final between Somerset and Kent as if it was yesterday. And now it's just been completely um, sidelined as. And you get mismatches like Somerset Youth Eleven against a quite strong Gloucestershire Eleven, and it's you know it's it's just a real shame. But I, I hope it focuses minds, particularly Richard Gould and Richard Thompson, who are reviewing the whole the whole um, fixture list and and cricket calendar in this country in in, uh, in the autumn. I hope it focuses their minds on just how deeply unsatisfactory the present situation is. Yeah, couldn't have put it uh, any better myself. I mean, we, we, we've conceded two double hundreds in a week, pretty sure, and, and the aforementioned 
James Bracey, uh, men against boys. I mean, is a you know, is a Harry. Have you got music going on in the background? Yeah, sorry, neighbours a bit noisy. Noisy neighbours. Well, there we go. I mean, if if there was ever a podcast to have noisy <laughs> neighbours on, be? it was one where we'd just been pumped by Gloucester. There we go. Oh, I've got one little it... stat for you on Bobby Bracey, if you like. Oh, go um, on then. Well, more Somerset. In list A matches between counties, this is only the sixth double century. Three of them have been against Somerset. And, of course, two of them have been in four days. And if you think about it, if Pajara had opened the bat and Sussex had batted first, it could well have been three in a week with Shaw, <laughs> Pajara and Bobby Bracey. <laughs> yeah, of course, Ali Orr making one for, uh, was it Sussex? Last year, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't want to disagree with Anthony's um, big picture analysis because I think it's absolutely spot on. But the um, I do see some distinction between the performance at North Ants and the performance on Sunday. I mean, Prit v Shaw's innings was, I think, one of the best one-day innings that I have seen. Um, he hit the ball as hard, if not harder, than Cola Cadmore. His ability with his hands to steer the ball between our fielders wherever we put them was extraordinary. Yes, we were a bit sloppy in the field. We dropped some catches, but we never dropped him. And it was quite a privilege um, to be there and to to watch that. Uh, nevertheless, we batted pretty well um, in, in response. Um, but then you come to the Gloucester game and we are, it's not even our second bowling 11. When we were, we were on together, weren't we, a fortnight ago and we picked our team for uh, for this competition. And we had Goldsworthy, Brooks, Aldridge, Davey, all, all missing, Ogborn, you know, all missing on, on, on Sunday. So, you know, Danny Lamb opening the bowling um, for us. Five, five teenagers in the team it, it, it was a complete mismatch it wasn't quite such a mismatch at Northampton and I, I know it's a bit rich to say take Pritby Shaw's 244 out of it and uh, 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 but, but we, we we bowled pretty well against uh, against the others we didn't feel particularly well he batted tremendously and then we put up a, a reasonable fight so even when we're putting up our second second and, and a half team um, it's not a it's not a disgrace, but um, I don't think Harry Kampfer turns out to be the best overseas signing um, of the of the tournament. Third there best. are one or two others in the competition who I'll are take kind of best. really blind. I, I mean, we could have had Pri- we could have had Pritby Shaw first ball that inside edge, mind. Yes, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, um, but I think yeah, you would probably go Pujara, Privy Shaw, then Curtis Kampfer, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, resorting to Danny Lamb opening the bowling, I don't think should bowl until there's 15 overs left. I think he's your slower ball, death specialist. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you can't well, write like a script it was, with, um, Like it was against Sussex. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot of excuses we can make. I mean, it's not ideal to not have Aldridge, Ogborn, Brooks, Davey, Goldsworth, as you say. But um, well, yeah, some, yeah, we'll try and take some positives. <laughs> well, yeah, what positives are there to take? I mean, Sean Dixon's interview with, with yourself uh, yesterday, Anthony's, which shared um, far and wide. 
I thought he he spoke really well. He mm. he seems to wear his heart on his sleeve, he, he, and he does give you an honest answer uh, to a question. Um, he looked like he was hurting, which is good. Which is what you want to see. Um, if I did the county cricket podcast this morning um, with a Warwickshire fan and a Lancashire fan, I think they were, and even they were talking about the Sean Dixon interview. So mm. one kudos to Anthony and Sean Dixon for being that open and honest an interview that fans from other counties are watching and listening and I think it I think his frank honesty is brilliant like at least he's you know I'm currently wearing the, the Chris Rogers top from what four or five years ago and I love Chris Rogers as a captain he was no excuses he was aggressive bold and I think Sean Dixon is in that mould I think he's early in his captaincy days and he's, he's got a hard task as you say with a two and a half eleven um, I actually think he's doing a half decent job but it's got a tricky job to do and I, like I say I love the raw passion and how much it hurt We'd be we'd be moaning if it didn't hurt and he didn't look bothered. Yeah. One thing that I will just take issue with what he said is the phrase character building. Um, I'm not sure it is particularly character building to be. It's it's learning on the job, isn't it? When you you've got young JT Langridge, who's sort of 17, he's getting smashed all over the place, and he picked up a wicket towards the end, but his figures weren't. Uh, anything to be writing home about uh, what were they yesterday uh, yeah one for 95 off 8 he was bowling at good. the end as well which I thought was a little bit good catches yeah. from Ned Leonard on the boundary mm-hmm. yes yeah. <laughs> but I mean you know the way you integrate young players it, it, it's the standard formula is you play three or four of your frontline bowlers and then maybe one or two of, of your youngsters and you can slot and you can Get your get your experienced bowlers bowling the difficult overs, and then you know slot your kids in where you think you know they can just bowl a little bit here. The game's got a little bit quieter. They just get on, sneak a few overs, get some experience. Um, well, we've seen what happened. As I said, though, we had five teenagers playing in that Gloucestershire game, but one of them was James Rue, yeah. who has been integrated uh, <laughs> properly um, into the team and behaves and performs like an absolute veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, and another of the the teenagers was Bashir, you know, who again has made his only just made his county championship debut. Yeah. It's only what a month and a half that yeah. I was down in Taunton watching him bowling at Taunton Dean, and again he's he's at the more experienced end of the yeah, people team seen, we're having yeah. to put out. So you know, is it any wonder <laughs> yeah, um, that we're struggling? People have said on social media, oh, Bashir's in his team. He's good, but he's nineteen. He's as you say, he's played a handful of championship matches, a handful of T20s, and a handful of List A matches. He's nowhere near the finished article. He's got all the the promise in the world. I think he's going to be a fantastic bowler in four or five years' time. But right at this moment, you know, if he would be a second spinner behind Roloff or Jack Leach in in that. I quite like. I liked how Dixon bowled him to death the last over. I thought that was, <coughs> I like that. You know, when when they've racked up 400 already, you don't give him any more pace on the ball. And his, I, I don't know the exact stats, but I bet his last over went for for one of the least of all the last 10 overs. It was, yeah, yeah, it so, was. It kind of worked. <laughs> yeah, I but mean, I didn't, it, I didn't think it was a good idea bowling JT language towards the end there. No, I mean, I mean you you talk about Camper as a uh, as a signing overseas signing. I thought Harry Tector. Well, we didn't see very much of it, but he looked class. Yeah, he really. He came. Yeah. He came in and just smashed it right, right from the start, with some really nice cricket shots as well. Mm. And and you know Van Buren uh, as well. If it hadn't been for Ollie Price, 
There's got 500. Then he got 500. Well, yeah, he yeah, he was only striking yeah. at 92.77 Ollie Price for his 77 off 83 balls. It was and bear in mind, his brother, his brother whacks it a lot more than he does as well. So if he'd got out and let his brother yeah. come in, are you right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean that attack. Might, from, I mean oh, that attack from the... yesterday. Danny Lamb and Ned Leonard opening the bowling, and JT Langridge, George Thomas. So I thought actually bowled. Pretty well. He was the best. They, yeah, they were going along at nine and over, and I thought I was sort of I need to go to IKEA because I was doing a bit of DIY at home yesterday. So I, I did pay scant attention to that game. I, I had you and uh, Ed Seaborn on in the background, Gibbo. Um, mm, I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Surprisingly, had us on in the background. Yeah. I turned it off. Well, he kept. Well, I was, I was living in hope. You have to live in hope, and I was sort of coming on thinking, right. Uh, yeah, about 95 for one off about 10. And George Thomas came while he bowled tidily. I don't know if it was a Roy the Rovers boots thing with Josh. Is it Roy the Rovers with the magic boots that he puts on? And he had Josh Davies' shirt on, which I assume, being a teenager, he'd left his own kit at home and had to scrabble around to borrow somebody. Uh, but yeah, one for 44 off seven in, in that onslaught was was pretty decent. And then camp for Bashir and, uh, and Thomas Jr. I mean, it's... It is not the attack that any of us envisaged playing in you know, in this competition three weeks ago. I tell you what is a bit worrying though, and I don't like to say this, but I think it has it has to be said. You have to worry about the quality of the bowlers that are coming up through through the system, as to how many of those bowlers who were on show yesterday are really going to make it. Um, I don't know. You know there none of them Gus Atkinsons. In all on, in all no, I, I take your point, but I mean, I'll go back to I what I said know. earlier. These guys need to be bowling in, you know, a, a five-man attack with one or two of these kids. And as well, let's not forget, in championship cricket, you don't need as much Nelson variation. If you are a, a you know, a big strapping lad like JT Language, you can bowl it back of a length, you know, consistently. Outside I'm sure he's and big and strapping, JT Language. He's, well, he's, he's big. as strong as they come, Shaq. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. right, we'll just go big then. But if you, in championship cricket, you know, if you've got that metronomic, you know, persistency, like a Matt Henry or a Craig Overton showed it earlier in the championship this year, that will stand you in good stead in the championship. So you can potentially come through as a red ball player earlier than you can as a white ball player when yeah, you've got you, to have so at, many variations our, and now some experience. You look at our championship bowling. We got we got Craig Overton, all right, who, who may very well, you know, be picked up by England again because he's he's that good. We've got Jack Leach who's already in the England camp. We've got Josh Davy who is more and more injury prone. We've got Jack Brooks who is you know, over the hill if we're being um blunt about it we've got Casey Aldridge who's becoming more of a batsman than a bowler and we don't really have a promising crop of young bowlers coming through and you know if you're going to win anything it's bowlers that win you cricket matches batsmen can set it up but it's bowlers that, that win them particularly in the county championship and I am seriously worried about the quality of Somerset's bowling attack over the next two or three years the way the way things are uh at, at the moment, you know, the, the established bowlers are getting older and getting less effective, and the ones that are coming through, just in all honesty, they've had plenty of opportunities in the One Day Cup and to some extent in the Championship. They're just not doing it. And is it slightly galling if we stick on Sunday, Gloucestershire? Gloucestershire used seven bowlers, and the the best bowler of the seven 
the man who got three for 34 off seven with the second best economy rate was one of our own, Paul Van Meekeren. I mean, is that slightly salt in the wound? That lovely guy. You know, he wasn't quite the right fit for some set of time, but had we held on to him, he seems to have got quicker and better potentially in the last he couple has. of years. Yeah, is that yeah, slightly definitely. galling? Well, I well, or, was... Jamie, or Jamie Overton at Surrey, mm. you know, who smashed it all over the place yesterday. Harry, can you get your neighbours to turn their music down or pop on mute when you're not speaking? I feel like I'm a pop master here. I'm trying to guess the tune. Uh, just, I think it, no. might, it might increase the positivity in an otherwise negative <laughs> podcast, yeah. Well, we I don't think... seem to be... We don't, the, talent, the young talent we've got, this applied to the to batsmen you know, in the last few years, now it's beginning to apply to the bonus. We're not bringing them on, it seems to me, like, like we should be. You know, they, they, re- they reach a, a level, and then they don't go on from that. And I'm worried the same is going to happen. Yeah, Harry, can you bonus. go on mute, mate, when you're not speaking? It's getting... <laughs> <laughs> as is, Cheers, has happened. Yeah. That's, that's better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, James Rue is the shining exception to that. But, yeah. but for the most part, you look at someone like George Bartlett, you know, I mean, he's been around now for six, six years, seven seasons, something like that. I don't know what he's averaging in the in the one day cup this season, but it's, it's probably about 25. He's had one decent innings and, and keeps keeps getting out. Lewis Goldsworthy doesn't seem to get a game for whatever reason. I guess he was injured. Injured again. Well, I suppose I would probably say in... in Banson doesn't get a game. I'll probably say in Bartlett's defence, yeah, he's having a, a pretty decent championship summer this year so I mean and if he's he is but he's inconsistent you know he keeps shuffling across his stumps mm. and getting LBW well, it's I'm, I'm, you know I'm really worried about the, the immediate future for Somerset cricket in the light of what's happened in the in the one day cup you know particularly on the bowling side because you know they've tried their very best but I'm not sure that their very best is all that good. Well, I think you're being a bit harsh on them, Gibbo. Mm. I mean, if you look at look at the ages of some of these guys, I mean, Aldridge is still only 22. Uh, Sonny Baker, who's looking at the real deal, has obviously been out with injuries. He's only 20. Yeah. I, um, I didn't. I wasn't including Sonny Baker. No, but I mean, you know, Ned Leonard is still only 20. I know Alfie he is. But... 20. Oh, it's his, uh, oh happy, it's Ned Leonard's birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday for tomorrow, Ned, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, Alfie Osborne is still only 20. So, I mean, I, mean Alf, I thought Alfie bowled well in that championship game against Hampshire. Ned Leonard's right. coming All back right. from injury. I mean, t- taking your point that they, you know, they are very young, then there's a big gap between those who are very young and and yes. you know the more mature, you know, established bowlers. Overton's will be 30 or is, is he 30 already he's either 30 this year Gregory has got you know a back problem yeah. that could 29 Craig is all together yeah Jack Brooks is, is 39 and there's a huge gap there and and you know I, I can't see what's going to fill it other than you know overseas bonus. I mean Neil Wagner I think is a good signing for September yeah. but I wish I wish we had him for next April well, he's another one. I mean, I I didn't realise how old it be. He's thirty-seven as well, and he'll be yeah, he'll be thirty-eight yeah. next year. But he's still a well. Good the ball. New Zealand Test side are all thirty-two plus, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. I do agree that there is there is a significant gap in the ages of our of our bowling resources, and we desperately need someone around the twenty-four, twenty-five mark. That's that's where we need to ideally try and recruit 
somebody domestically I, I would say that's you know that would be my number one piece of business if I was Andy Hurry over the mm. winter overseas bowl, overseas pace bowler and look around for a solid domestic bowler I don't know how somebody like Jack White is but that you know that sort of season county pro I said somebody like Jack White <laughs> not, not Jack White himself but I've just contradicted myself by saying a season county pro around the 24-25 mark yeah well, it's a tricky one they didn't grow on trees do they no and so many of them got back injuries Other, yeah. and if they are good then they go to franchise tournaments or England and you miss them so yeah. it's it's a hard and I think you got to be I think we've got to be honest we've been a little bit unlucky to have Alfie Ogborn Casey Aldridge who are nearly in that bracket I agree they're probably slightly too young as you say Casey's been better with a bat but to use them two and Sonny Baker you'd bank on at least two or one of them being fit and that helps this side and, I mean poor old Ned Lennon's a good bowler he's just been so injured the last two years mm-hmm. He, if, it, if the bloke hadn't been injured the last two years I reckon he'd be much better I think mm. that's a frank reality yeah and it's the growing pains I suppose of fast bowlers as well that will just seem to get these injuries I mean I think if push came to shove I spoke to Sonny Baker at Bobby um, a couple of weeks ago for the Devon game I think if, if push came to shove what I kind of understood the way he was saying he probably could have played but they just didn't want to risk it and you know, just give him a full winter to get uh, get himself sorted and come back wherever next year. I mean, what did he say yeah. about Blaze? Did he say anything about Blaze Baker, brother? What his brother? Yeah, uh, I didn't ask. He can't be far away. No, he's another one on the academy. We've got another Baker and yeah. another Rue. Obviously, what the two Thomases. Yeah, I've been impressed with Josh Thomas's batting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he. he he seems he's, he's he's a little bit better than his brother, if you ask me. <laughs> he looks more technically correct than his brother. I think they're trying to make Will Smead go too with uh, George Thomas. Yeah, o- o- good comparison. Uh, yeah. Which isn't. I thought his bowling was. Uh, I thought his bowling was uh, good too. Actually, not not Gloucester, but um, no, Sussex. He bowled Sussex, imaginative and a bit different, and yeah. I've been impressed with him, but he's not a fast bowler. No. <laughs> we'll have to get a different sort of pitch <laughs> yeah but I think I mean where's the Garfield Sobers these days who can bowl a bit of spin and a bit of pace eh yeah well James Rue can bowl a bit of spin as well as keep wickets so you know we could give uh, probably Sean Dixon maybe takes the gloves give James Rue a couple of overs well left left handed all rounder Tom Lavenby he, he's yeah. he's bowled left yes. arm spin and what the yeah. flipping left arm yeah. medium piece yeah. Of, yeah. What the fuck is going on there? Where is he? Why isn't he playing for well, Somerset? Yeah, he's getting splinters in his ass up at Old Trafford, not playing for the Mac- whatever they are up he there. Is. The, the originals, yeah. Manchester Originals. I think that aren't original. Wasn't, wasn't Ackerman released to play for Leicester the other day under this kind of caveat yeah. that the hundred teams have got? Yeah. Obviously, it yeah. Was, yeah. I don't Ackerman know, got I, big runs as well. I mean, I don't know whether there was a bit of buyer's remorse, maybe, with the Manchester originals after you know Lammers. You know, let's be fair to him, didn't have the, the best of the T Twenty last campaign this season, well below his, his high standards. Um, and he goes up there, so it was highly unlikely he was ever going to get in their first choice eleven. They do play eleven aside in the other competition, don't they? They haven't got like twelve or thirteen with super subs or any of that nonsense. So it seems oh, yeah. just really strange that he's he's not come back. 
Well, it has to. It's up to the player. If, if the um, if the franchise is prepared to release him, it's, then it's up to the player to decide whether he wants to be released or not. And I, well, I yeah. insinuate nothing by saying that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, we miss him. Yeah, we do. And again, I think he's not been in the, the best of Nick this year, so it probably would have been a. Yeah, ideal time for him. I mean, you know, Lamanby and Umid opening the back with Thomas coming down a, a bit lower, a bit you know, lower down in the order. I think the best he batted this year in the blast was when he opened the batting against Glamorgan, was it? No, I tell you, the, I tell you Tom was out. You've just mentioned it. The one really big positive from this one day cup campaign for me is Andy Umid. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Has you know has has really come come to life. He's shown what what he can he can do. I mean, he hit one of the biggest hits I've <laughs> I've seen in recent years at Northampton when he yeah. he, 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 he had that lost her as well. He, he, I don't yeah, I didn't think he Sir had that. Peter Wallace was sitting and just watching <laughs> right over the head. <laughs> and and, 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 and it, was, it was a tremendous shot. And he's and I interviewed him uh, after he got his hundred against Sussex. Uh, and such a lovely bloke as well. Did he soft, pull you off for calling him front foot dominant, Gibbo? No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. But he, I was, I was, I thought he he's batted really well. He got runs yesterday and batted. He batted better actually yesterday. I thought than he batted against Sussex because he could have been out any t any time in the in the first half dozen overs against Sussex playing and missing. But he didn't do that uh, yesterday. He, he, you know, he played really really nicely and hit some very powerful shots. And uh, so I, you know, I'm really glad to see Andy and me break through, and I hope they give him another another um, a, a contract uh, extension because he, yes, you know, he look he looks the part. Do you think he said he should be dropped? He's done fifty, seventy, and hundred, hasn't he? <laughs> Do you think he could undergo a white ball transformation similar to um, Tom Abel a few years back? Because he was very much a, a technical red ball blocker, and then all of a sudden he just realised he could play all these reverse sweeps and dibs and dabs and manipulate the field like like nobody's business. Uh, I can't see me doing that. I can see him no, getting better can't. at white ball cricket, but he's not going to scoop and reverse sweep. I mean, I was at the hands of Will Abel getting 155 off 80 balls on Saturday and just saw so much of Tom in that Middlesex 100 he got yeah. in the blast. Um, I can't see me doing that, but I, I agree. He, he, he could become a decent 50 over player. I don't think he'll play T20s. Do, do you not think Will Abel ought to be playing at a higher level? Yeah, potentially, yeah. He hasn't got big yeah, runs I, I, this year, but every now and again he, he just goes ballistic. He looks, um, you know, he's, I've, I've seen him, he's, he's a very fine player. But Umid, I agree with, absolutely with Harry. He's, he's, he's not a, a sort of, you know, um, scooper and, and dabber. He's a power hitter. He can, you know, he, he can hit the ball as hard as anyone I've seen. And, Just going back to that that six that he hit. So um, uh, I was. It's a shame Mr. Tancock's not on the podcast tonight because I was sitting with his father's hero, uh, Roy Virgin, uh, and his wife yeah. Anne, who are wonderful uh, hosts at, at Northampton. And uh, Andy Umid hit a six, and it landed pretty much at our feet um, on the balcony of the of the boardroom and all the North Ants committee was all saying we've never seen a ball hit that far before and then an over later it was sails over the <laughs> yeah. pavilion and out of the yeah. ground and, yeah. and they said that is unprecedented um, and, and you wouldn't you wouldn't pick necessarily 
if you were guessing who was the person who was going to hit the ball over the pavilion, yeah. it wouldn't be Andy Amid. So definitely an early entry for the cider apple uh, moment yeah, here. Yeah, there, yeah, I need I'll to make a note of that one. Yeah, I, 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 I will. Uh, I will make well. a note of your nomination, Pete. But it has got some uh, uh, some very very strong competition from a certain catch that Tom Cola Cadmore took uh, <laughs> uh, about a month ago, <laughs> almost a month ago today. So you know, we'll put it in there. We'll put it up for nomination. But uh, um, I think we should do uh, what well, the bookmakers it with their betting without. When you have got like a ten to one on favourite, they bet on who's. Well, we could just take it as red that you know. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Ad, uh, the, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Uh, the Essex guy. Uh, uh, Dan Sams. Da- uh, Daniel Sams. Sam. Daniel Sams caught Cola Cadmore, Bold Henry, and the ensuing celebrations. I think we can we can boom, rubber stamp that as already as an early shout mm-hmm. for the uh, uh, Golden Apple for the for the uh, uh, no, sparkling cider moment of the year. I had to wrap my brains to remember what we called it then, but we can have a yeah. We'll just go for second place. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe you could create some niche categories that would allow a few uh, more unlikely. What the the, the biggest hit yeah. at Wanted Road by a Somerset batsman called Umid. Didn't well, Sean met, Dixon met, hit one over the Botham stand into the river? Yes, he did. Yeah, that I mean that is that's another contender. You know, that's the first time I've seen anyone hit over the over the top of the Botham stands and Pete Trigo did it about there 10 I years well, Chris there Gale did it we're sounding, yeah Chris Gale did yeah. it a few times. I'm talking to Chris Gale I spent the half an hour before this yeah. pod just going through Ian Shepard's YouTube channel watching Chris Gale battling Newton Abbott have you really? <laughs> oh my you what the you, I'll tell you what I'd, I'd probably it's think you were less Monday. strange if you were looking at midget porn or something like that they go through my YouTube channel <laughs> Well, it's just a Chris Gale. I saw one Chris Gale video pop up, and then ended up watching another Chris Gale. And you're you sort of trying to commentate on Chris Gale batting half piddled at Newton Abbott made me chuckle. Oh, that was a great day. Too far. I got me. I got me name checked in his autobiography. That did. Did you? Yeah. Page. What is it? Page two hundred and fifty-four. There you go. If you have got a copy of Six Machine by Chris Gale, have a look. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't on. have brought that up. <laughs> moving on, bring it up if you want. Uh, moving on, <laughs> moving on from that nonsense. Um, I mentioned last week about uh, James Patel, our uh, our hypothetical uh, Indian overseas player, and how uh, how we'd be raving about him if he was uh, scoring all these runs in the county championship that uh, James Rue has been. Um, so I have looked up. Oh, I've lost them now. I have looked up Sachin Tendulkar's championship stats from his overseas stint at Yorkshire when he was 18 in 1992. 16 matches, 25 innings, 2 not outs, 1,070 runs, a high score of 100, averaging 46.5 to 107 50s. James Rue. Would it be more? James Rue comfortably be beating to, those numbers. You know, how about comparing to a Privy Shaw and the Ranji Trophy? Would that be a fair comparison? I don't know. Well, it might be, but I've not looked up pretty sure stats. <laughs> and just think you can. Well, I suppose it depends where you bat. You know, Rue's think, batting six, and, um, and nothing. Batting you know, six. I I think James Rue is a fantastic prospect. Anthony, he's, the stats it's, say he's it's, going to be better than Sachin Tendulkar. Well, I dare no, say the stats say that they do. It's, it's undeniable. <laughs> one of his hundreds was against Lancashire. All right, they were bowling the batsman. That's so that's five he he's got then that. for Tendulkar yeah. to. So Tendulkar only got one though. So he's got four. No, four I mean, but for goodness' sake, don't overhype it. 
just, just, just let him make his way. Tongue in cheek. I'm not, I'm Shab, so... overhype. Never. We've only been doing this podcast for three years together, Gibbo, and you don't realise that I talk a lot of shit a lot of the time. But yes, I That's do. I do agree. Talking. Tongue, tongue in cheek, hyperbole. Yes, but yeah, but he's already on a fantastic trajectory. So uh, he is. Yeah. But speaking of pretty sure, how old is he? 23. When he took his helmet off, he looked about 42. He's, yeah, about 20, he's 23, and he's about, I should think, 14 stone and yeah. about 5 foot 7 inches tall. 5 foot 4, Sorry? 5 foot 4, according to Wikipedia. 5 foot 4, is he? Yeah. Uh, he packs yeah. a punch, I think a bit, But he, he was really blowing towards the end of that innings, whereas Bracey looked fresh as a daisy. Yes, uh, against uh, against us at uh, at Bristol, but um, and then Bracey kept. Yeah, I mean, he's he's. It was a wonderful innings to watch. He didn't give he didn't give a chance, as 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 Peter said, and it was a it was a vastly better innings than Bobby Bracey's. Not that I've got anything against Bobby Bracey, but Bracey was really struggling for the first third of, of that innings, whereas Pritvi Shaw just took the took the innings by the scruff of the neck, and and he was taking a single off the last ball of every over. And just you know, playing some playing some shots. Anthony, compare that to Pajaras. I know it was only a hundred; it wasn't a double hundred, and he doesn't hit oh, sixes. But he was Pajaras was sheer was control. Yeah, that was the whole hallmark of it. He was in control. You know, he 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 paced that innings so well. He didn't go too fast. He, he got a bad ball. He hit it for four, but he was just rotating the strike and looking. You know, just knowing. And Sussex kept pace with the requirement. It never got behind the required rate. It was it was a, a brilliant innings. It wasn't a wonderful innings to watch. It was because um, you know he's he's not the most exciting stroke maker in the world. But in in terms of controlling a run chase, it it was a masterpiece. And uh, yeah. and it's one I should probably I remember the Pritvi Shaw one and I remember the Pajara one. I'm not sure I'll remember much of the Bobby Bracey one. Nice guy though he is. Is that by choice or some kind of serious mental kind of discipline? Oh, that no, I mean, we, we missed out on Bobby Bracey. We should, he should oh. have come to Somerset. What, what we needed was was the men in black outside uh, the gates at Neville Road for the Somerset Waters with their little flashy pens that erase your memories. <laughs> Flipping out the rascals talking tonight, chap. I'll tell you what, well, I, got, I got a fridge in the role of Fandom Over Pavilion now. Finally, after two years, uh-huh. I've got one. So it's, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's highly available now. Harry, do you want to talk us through your knee injury that you, you posted on, on, yeah, yeah, on yeah. social media? Mate, that looked pretty nasty. Mental. I honestly can't get over it. It's ridiculous. How many thousands of balls I've faced in my life and how many times I've been hit in the knee roll. And all I did was got hit on the knee roll and got a massive gash. Yeah, if you want some gory pictures, head on to Harry Everett underscore 14 on my Twitter and... You can see some bloody pads, some bloody trousers, and yeah, a bloody knee. Yeah. You yeah. crutches? Is that, is yeah. Crutch? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. I mean, I had to have a stitch in A and E in Musgrove, and my team wanted me to try and bowl in field, so I tried to bowl one over at Will Abel, and he hit me for fourteen, and that was a waste of time trying to trying <laughs> so to bowl. Improved your bowling then. One step run out. <laughs> Ruined the figures <laughs> for the year, yeah. The most gutting thing is, is the best best I batted all year. I got to sixty-five, and the last thirty runs of them was with blood all over my pad and my leg. I just couldn't really run between the wickets, so I didn't reach for a full toss. But um, yeah, mental injury. And I spoke to Kookaburra today, and it must be a fault with their pads. I don't really know. They, I'm gonna have to send the bloody pad to them, send to inspect it. But so yeah, just did it just scary. go like flush on the knee roll? Did or it go kind through of, the rolls? 
but there's no mark from out on the outside the pad but there's a hole on the inside of the pad so it must be something you know like you think a soft pad is there for protection but if i didn't have the pad the ball would have hit my leg and there'd be a bruise at worst but i've got this massive cut in my leg with all the blood that gushed out there must have been you know you have those little bamboo chains is it that keeps the pad together i didn't i never thought about that but they reckon someone reckon maybe one of them is split inside the pad and the impact of the ball was jabbed that in but you wouldn't have thought a protective thing like you wouldn't have a gum shield or football shin pads with a knife inside them would you like why would you know mattress protecting you know leg yeah, pads have something sharp i thought it was just all foam i mean if you get oh, a, yeah, so did I. I haven't got yeah. my pads here at the moment but if you get a pad you can kind of bend it in half can't you and so it wouldn't well, exactly it would yeah be. i thought it's just foam someone told me there's these tiny little bamboo canes but the chance of a tiny little bit of that that's keeping the foam together going through i don't know honestly baffled by it. i've asked so many people about it in the last couple of days and no one can quite work out what a ridiculous freak injury it is and I just feel like Mario Balotelli. Like, why always me? Like, why do I get these? Well, just take, take your other pad apart. See if there's anything in. See what's in that one. See if you need a new pair. Then you know, might as well. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been quite nice actually. Random small cricket companies all over the UK have messaged me saying, horrified to hear about this. Would love to send you some some pads if Cookerbell don't sort this out. Hopefully they do. You know, so it's weird how the Twitter world is sort of got behind it and horrified. I was interested to hear if anyone else had had this before and. Till now, still no one knows of it ever happening before. So, so you yeah, got a time scale on positive. your recovery, or are you just playing it by no, ear? No, not really. Play it by ear the next couple of days. Hence why I was bored to uh, watch your YouTube channel today. <laughs> um, I struggled. <laughs> I was meant to be playing at North Devon today. I meant to be playing yesterday. And, yeah, You're playing but, it? I mean, you would have been playing at North Devon? Yeah, yeah, meant to be today. Yeah, bit gutted. They had to pull out the toy inside. Shame. My so, favourite cricket ground. Yeah, I've meant to have a few games there in August, maybe in a couple of weeks, but I, I don't know. It might not be awful because it's just above the kneecap, but my car's still in Taunton, the, the one blooming cricket ground in the county you have to pay for parking, and my car's stuck at Taunton Vale having <laughs> having to be taken to an A&E Saturday night and not had a drive the last couple of days. Ouch. Well, yeah. uh, speed of recovery to you, Harry. I've, um, you. I did make some notes today. One final point then on the... Uh, uh, I have written... Written down, rule under one, they cup debacle. I think debacle is probably a bit of a strong word, but um, would you take what we've got now, this situation with the hundred and these players going off, and Jason Kerr going off as well? My question is: Jason Kerr going off to franchise cricket with the Welsh Fire? Is he still at the Welsh Fire this year? Yep. Yep. He was sitting in the front row with um, Mike Hussey, who's now in charge behind him. You were watching it, Gibbo. Oh, Gibbo. Look, I had this on Twitter. If Somerset players are playing in any form of the game, I reserve the right to watch them. <laughs> All right? I'm watching the Somerset player. I'm watching Tom Abel, who made the winning hit. Even if he's got game. a baseball bat in hand. Is, he a, sum is he a Somerset yeah, player exactly. if he's dressed up as a packet of hula hoops, though? <laughs> yeah. If I a tree falls in the forest, is anybody ben around Green, to Ben it? Green did have done well, too. And... and uh, Jamie Overton. I didn't. I didn't actually. I haven't seen the Jamie Overton innings, but I was delighted to see that uh, we got what eighty odd winning, uh, you know, winning score for whoever he's playing for. Global anyway, I digress. We digress. Back to my question. Jason Kerr. All these players go off for the hundred. Get this franchise experience. Come back and win the blast. Would you take that every year for the next five years? Would you take winning the blast every year for the next five years? No, I wouldn't. No. no. 
at the expense of the decimation of the One Day Cup team. No, there's there's too much wrong with the fixture list uh, at the moment, isn't there? We, the I mean, our fundamental. Yeah. Yeah. It's the wrong. So while, while while the season is configured like this, um, yes, but the season shouldn't be configured as it is, and the quicker we can get that adjusted so that we have proper competitive cricket um, through the summer holidays um, in Taunton, the better. Yeah, I'm positive that's going to change in the next couple of years. I think the the new chairs. You know Richard Thompson, isn't it? He's, I think he's a good man, and he's sorting it out. And I think within a couple of years, hopefully this debacle will be gone, and we we'll, can go back to actually taking the tournament that we're well, the, the format that we're World Cup defenders, World Cup champions in, a bit more seriously again. I think if we do awfully in the World Cup in October, it'll reflect the shambles of the fixture list, and maybe make something happen. Well, yeah, well that what's been happening? We'll focus minds in the ECB about you know what what they need to do to sort the fixture list out sort the, you know we need we need one one county championship we need one t20 competition and we need one 50 over competition and they should not be competing with each other for time and we need to make time for, for proper test series as well and it's not beyond the wit of man to to do that and I sincerely hope, and and you know, I've got I've got a lot of confidence in Richard Gould, who, who is a you know, he's a really good bloke. Richard Thompson, likewise, and I sincerely hope that they they do sort it out because it's that that's that, that is the problem. It's and I don't think you should criticise players for playing in the hundred or or Jason Kerr for coaching in in the hundred. If the money's there, you know, you can't blame. Yeah, them for, it's not their fault. It's no, the ECB that needs to sort things out and get a proper cricket season back and working. In this country well there was potentially yeah, yeah. a freudian slip by uh sanjay patel the md of the hundred i, I re is it do i retweet it now or repost it or whatever you call it still call it yeah. retweet i reckon retweet it <laughs> on x slash twitter i mean yeah, i still call starburst opal fruits who's doing all these emojis have we just discovered <laughs> there was this feature on teams <laughs> harry's doing applause pete's doing thumbs up oh, anyway yeah sandy patel uh said oh yeah in the final year of the hundred oops i mean this year of the hundred something like that so hopefully he has let the cat out of the bag and we're going to be rid of this dreaded monstrosity uh for the rest of time Ah oh, right. Uh, just one last. Any anything more on the Royal London Cup campaign? Uh, sorry, Metro Bank Cup campaign so far. Am I right in thinking? I just, that we've... Can I just say say one other thing? I think uh, the Somerset players are missing Tom Abel's style of captaincy. Uh, Sean Dixon is is a good captain, but he's he's not a particularly demonstrative captain he doesn't sort of run around talking to his bowlers talking to his fielders urging them on and so on and i think you know somerset have, have become used to, to tom abel's um uplifting interventionist encouraging you know activist style of, of captaincy and i think sean dixon could do with being a little bit more like tom abel than he is uh, uh, at the moment because that's that's the way somerset have played cricket Ever since Tom Abel have, have uh, took over the captaincy back in um, 2016, and I think I think they're just missing that at the moment, particularly the younger players. I think you know, just mm -hmm. give them a bit more sort of get up and go. I cannot disagree with that at all. Um, and the Wurzels were very good on Friday night. Oh, were they? <laughs> <laughs> I did see you walking back, looking slightly worse for wear, Peter. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a few. Uh, if you search them hard enough, there's a few um, clips on uh, social media where people have tagged me without my permission. Um, <laughs> but there we are. Um, I felt that for my son, it was an important cultural experience that he should uh, uh, experience the Wurzels. And uh, as I said to him, there's no way that I can attend that completely sober so therefore we're staying over and not driving back so we had a bit of a evening out in uh, in Taunton on Friday night and yeah a good a good time was had by all and we tried to forget the result and be cider drinkers <laughs> I, I, am the cider drinker. I mean this is normally the point in the podcast where we'd sit and select our team for the upcoming fixture at Gosforth <laughs> it's not not difficult. Well, yeah. <laughs> Whoever's available. I mean, th Get this is Davey and Lewis Goldsworthy back in, and that'll have a good help. I do. I think Sean Dixon is now experiencing the true uh, experience of experiencing the true experience. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> of being a second eleven captain, running around trying to find as many fit bodies as he can on the morning of a game. So, uh, yeah, club cricket and professional cricket are not as different as uh, as a lot of people may think. Uh, what else have we got? to go on with that um, just one thing I want to say is is for the Glamorgan game on Sunday um, I would just think it would be nice if you know it's the final game of the Royal London Cup campaign it is the last day at cricket uh, less, oh, the last Hi. day of cricket at Taunton for a month till we pick up the county championship again in, in September September the 19th uh, yeah so August the 20th till September the 19th as near as damn it a month without cricket at Taunton go back to what you were saying Pete about the schedule being uh, yeah being what it is but yeah if, if you are there at Taunton you know just take an autograph book or something and while you're there just you know give the players a kind word when they're yeah. doing their autographs yeah. at the Ondachi Stag because I think particularly the young players will they have had a chastening chastening one day cup campaign uh, a lot of it is not their fault they shouldn't be put in this situation uh, where you know where where they are the expected to be the, the lead performers in a list a professional cricket team going up against you know seasoned county pros and internationals from uh, from the various other counties so yeah so just get an autograph give them a kind word and get a nice souvenir for the day um, I agree agree with Shep but just to inform who might not know I guess that there is definitely a month's break for county cricket but if you want some cricket the Cooper Associates County Ground they got the Somerset Foundation under 16 and under 19 finals on the 1st of September that's a Friday all day and Max Waller's got his testimonial match Friday evening at Taunton Vale so if you're looking for cricket in Taunton that's not a bad day and then on the Sunday there's the major minor and intermediate cup finals from 10 o'clock till 6 o'clock also at the Cooper Associates County Ground so great work from Hawkins and his team getting pitches ready for that so there is some cricket going on I think I'm commentating on that on the live stream as well so people can watch from well, home funny you mentioned Max Waller's testimonial game the Somerset Legends against the Somerset Champions I've got an exclusive. I've got some exclusives from uh, from Max Waller, hot off the press. Some of the uh, some of the names turning out for the Legends Eleven. Yeah, so some big names. Start you off with with an Azarali. Yep. Uh, Timmy Grenville. Sorry, we announced all the we announced all these on the Monday Cup game last week. It's not that exclusive. Did you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. there. Well. Jamie, on, Jamie Overton is making a comeback. Have you got that one? He's coming back uh, for that game. Uh, Tim Gronovald, Sophie Luff, Keith Parsons and Treeg. So there's a few there. So go along to that. Uh, yeah, Friday the 1st of September at Taunton Vale. 
uh, info on maxwtestimonial.co.uk. Max's socials um, and Max's testimonial socials. So uh, I can't make that, unfortunately. I'm on holiday, but it uh, looks like it's going to be a good night. Um, what else have we got to do? What else have we got to do? Oh, Steve was supposed to be on the podcast tonight, but he can't make it. But he has given us a book recommendation. Uh, Barry Phillips's latest Somerset Cricketers book at the weekend. So, uh, yeah, £22. Uh, there's going to be some available in the uh, shop at the uh, county ground, uh, and if you do want to buy a copy, I've got uh, I've got Brian's details here. So uh, sorry, Barry's details here. So uh, drop me a message on Twitter, and I will pass those across to you. Um, which which period does that cover, Chef? Oh, it, oh it's uh, the latest oh, one. It, yeah. Is all Steve says here. So I've uh, I'm not. It's so- um, it's uh, here. It is. Oh, Pete's uh-huh. got a copy. Somerset Cricketers Revisited New Discoveries. So these are some players which they found out more more about subsequent to the first uh, series of books. So first of all, you need to go and buy the... How's Peter got this already? Because he's the president, obviously. Of Somerset Cricketers. <laughs> the presidents just get free copies of every book. No, no, exactly, no, that's I, how it works. No, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm in very close touch with Barry and every time he publishes a new book, I send him a... Send him the money, and he sends me a, a lovely copy, signed. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, so it's more information that they've discovered about a range of players, starting with Harry George Tate, player number three, through to Henry Murray Anderton, page well, 279 was, of volume five. He was the secretary, the, was the secretary and, and manager uh, in the early days, Henry Murray Anderton. Uh, where we are. Um, and various other interesting um, bits and pieces. So, yes, highly recommended. I can't say I've read it yet, but I have got it. <laughs> Stop slacking and get on with it. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe it took me two years to get a fridge in the Roll of Vandermeer. I just, that was seamless. You didn't even notice me go off and just grab another rascal. Oh, I need, need it after, the, after this last week. Um, oh, another game that needs a plug. Uh, this one is happening on. Uh, it's the Somerset Disability 11 against uh, Gloucester. They'll be looking to get some revenge on uh, Sundays uh, in Sunday's Metro Bank games. So Somerset, this is from Jacob Lunn. Uh, Somerset to say will play their regional final this Sunday at Hawkesbury Upton CC versus local rivals, the Gloucesters. Uh, and that's a one o'clock start. So if you are able to pop along to that one, uh, do pop along. Give Jacob and the Somerset Disabled 11 uh, your best support. Um, Normally we do listeners' questions this week, but the uh, it's just generated such um, chatter on X that I've I'd be looking for like looking for a needle in a haystack trying to find all all of the questions. Anybody remember any good ones that they were tagged in that uh, uh, that we haven't already covered? One thing I could have mentioned earlier is um, Josh Davy did play against the Devon Development. Josh Davy played for Somerset Academy, which I've found mildly entertaining with a load of youngsters against the Devon Development side. And he bowled and he batted, so he was fit enough to do that. So that's that's a slight positive. Hopefully, he will play in the remaining he, games. Um, he, he, whatever it was, he's uh, kept him out yesterday. It happened in the um, warm-up because uh, Ben Warren told me at ten fifteen he was in the side. Yeah. At ten uh, thirty, he was out of it. So he mu- he must. I guess it's his blooming hamstring again. Yeah. That he's he's tweaked again, so I'd be surprised, in all honesty, if he plays on um, on Thursday against uh, against Durham. And and, um, and to be honest, I'm, I'm yeah, I'd probably be too optimistic. Con- I know. With no. nothing left to play for, really now, actually, there's no, actually, might as well kick there's it. Might as well save yeah. him for the championship. Yeah, agreed. 
Yeah, Curtis Campfer, I believe, has played his last game. No, he was only in the, for the first five games. Yeah. So I, I would be. Shame. I'd be but, very yeah. surprised if if they uh, recruited another replacement. We did touch on it earlier, but Neil uh, Wagner has been signed as an overseas player for the last three championship games. Um, the bloody good bowler. Yeah, I remember when he sorted out Peter Trigo and James Hildreth. You remember were you there when we were playing Essex, and mm. uh, we were in a strong position, and Wagner came on and went and um, was bowling uh, left arm over. Oh, Gibbo's just frozen. Oh, frozen. I like. I like. Well, I'd be I like... If he wasn't bowling left arm over, <laughs> that's what he bowls. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he was he was bowling those skinny bounces up up yeah. into the right handers' shoulders and 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 chest, and they had absolutely no answer to it at all. And that's that's what he does, and that's a very useful weapon to have, you know, in in your armory. And of course, he did it. He did it to England in the um, in the third test. And he's much series. better than just that, isn't he? He's not just, you know, oh, he can he bowl is, the yeah. York or he can bowl the pitcher. And he can bat all right. Like, he's, he's come in as night watchman for New Zealand and scores some runs. A bit like a Jack Leach, I suppose. He can hang around. He's sort of an eight or a nine in test cricket. But it's a great weapon for a captain to have when not much is happening. Just yeah. to, to say to him, you know, go, on, go in and bowl short. Because he, he, he bowls those skinny bounces and he's one of the best I've ever seen at, at bowling that, that type of delivery. And, and he's in at the batsman all the time. And they find it very, very difficult to cope. And as much as we're excited and delighted to have him signed, though, will not a lot of people be thinking, what's he come to boost us one place in the middle of the table? Why not save yeah. that money for next year? Mm-hmm. Or... Strange, isn't it? Wow. Well. I like my father would uh, approve uh, as an ex music teacher. I like the tweet from someone who said this meant that Somerset had now played Wagner, Strauss, and Elgar. That was me, Pete. That was my tweet. Was it? That was I very good. Yeah, I missed that, that on the Overton a... window gag, and I wasn't missing out on that one. No, if you had <laughs> one more, and it would make for the perfect only connect question, wouldn't it? Oh, I missed oh, it. Oh, no, that's on in four minutes, but I'm recording it anyway. <laughs> Any more composed cricket composers? Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Let's do what I was going to set out to do in about an hour ago. Um, so um, I was browsing eBay for Somerset memorabilia, as is my want. Uh, and I picked up a copy of this magazine, the Somerset Dragon. This is from 1968. Uh, good to see that the at uh, one point in history the club did know what the bloody uh, mythical beast was called. Mm. It's quite. A, it's a very good read. I'll see if I can put some screenshots online. But uh, it is very much a case of the more things change, the more they stay the same. So I'm just going to read you a couple of e- extracts now. This is the foreword. This is about, about one day cup. Uh, it's not about the, the about, about one day cup. <laughs> This is the foreword by uh, your your predecessor, Peter, uh, Mr. E. F. Longrig, who's Bunty Longrig. Bunty uh, Longrig, solicitor in Bath. He was. Have you got a, Have you got a nickname, Pete? Because you know, you, if we had Bunty Longrig, I don't know what we could call you, like Bino no, yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Anyway, we, we don't Peter know one another well enough. Well enough. <laughs> uh, so this is the the foreword. I have much pleasure in introducing the first publication under this title, of which I hope there will be many more annually. Spoiler alert, there were not many more annually. It is essentially a news information medium produced and in, in an endeavour to interest our members and supporters and promote a closer understanding of the affairs between the club and the personalities of the players. A feeling has, I think, always persisted that there is a big gulf fixed between the team operating on the field and the spectators. 
Neither knows very much of the personal aims and reactions of the others, and the more that this Goldfish Bridge, the better. This publication is partly with that end in mind. Furthermore, a county cricket club such as Somerset is of necessity widespread in its activities and by its very nature gives only limited opportunities to members and supporters of meeting one another and comparing views. Articles and letters are accordingly invited for future editions with a view to publication, which I feel should do much to stimulate interest, promote constructive discussion and so further the interests of the club. I therefore commend the Somerset Dragon to all our members and friends on whose loyal support the future of the club depends. Yeah, the podcast of its day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on then, you'll like this one. This is your committee. If you don't like the way the committee runs your club, what are you going to do about it? That really is the simple problem that must be answered by the number of by the numbers of perfectly well meaning members of our club who think they could run the club more efficiently than the present committee. <laughs> Somerset County Cricket Club is a democracy, a members club run by the members. Democracy has its faults, one of which is that it tends to take longer to do things than does a dictatorship, another being that it spreads the load of responsibility. In the same way that an ordinary elector can write to his MP, you can tell it's from the 60s, it's, it's his, no, there or his or her, so can a member of a county cricket club put his views to the chairman, the secretary, treasurer or any member of the committee, and providing he has a reasonable point, he can be assured of a fair hearing. It should be remembered that county members get paid nothing whatever for their travelling to meetings, time lost or efforts made. They do it in the main because they feel they have something really constructive to give to the county club, however misguided other people might feel their opinions to be. Furthermore, there is scope for any member to call a special general meeting if he can provide evidence of sufficient support to justify this rather costly business. This can be done at any time. It was done, for example, with some remarkable results in 1953, and that series of meetings was something a turning point in Somerset's fortunes. What was that then, 1953? That wasn't the uh, Shepton Mallet one, was it? That was that was Roebuck. No, no, that was no, in the eighties. No, no. It was when um, Brocklebank was was involved, and in it was uh, they had three captains in a season, and the, and the county was in complete disarray. How many and captains have we had this season? Yeah. Was was one of the prime movers. Many decisions taken in the past have been unpopular, Brockle often Brockle to Brockle small. Sorry, I'll start again. Many decisions yeah. taken in the past have been unpopular, often to small pockets of members who may not know the full circumstances. Is it, was this written last week or is it actually about 55 years old? It would clearly be far too expensive to acquaint each indiv individual member of every committee decision taken, and indeed many of them are of little interest to, to the majority. Yeah. So many decisions are taken in the course of a year that some of them are bound to be criticised. You cannot please all the people all the time. By the same token, the committee ought to be able to please most of the people most of the time, and it is up to the members to see that they do. If an ordinary member is very displeased with the way his club is run, he should either do something about it or put up with it. Committee men, by and large, are not fools and charlatans, as some would have you believe, but they do, like everyone else, make mistakes. If you think they make too many, get hold of a committee man and tell him so. Offer a solution and get on the committee yourself. It's not as difficult as you may think. Or was that really written 55 years ago? I like the line about, uh, what was it? Uh, where's it gone? Oh, I've lost it now. Where's it gone? Oh, the point about uh, 
you don't people not knowing the full circumstances in which the context decisions have, have been taken. I think that's. Uh, I yeah. when I um when I when I came down for the um, Surrey match and we did a Q and A for some of the members uh, after the uh, the second day there, I had found an old um, souvenir booklet of Somerset against the Australians at Bath in nineteen seventy. Seven, I think seventy-seven. Both them, both them played in the in the game, and I've filled in all the scorecard beautifully. But at the front of that, there was a piece written by John Arlott, and he was trying to encourage the the members of the club to try and come to terms with the um, the short form of the game, because uh, although forty overs aside seemed like a great rush, um, and didn't um, wasn't as pure a form of the game. As the, uh, as the as the county championship, we were going to have to come to terms with it because sadly uh, that was where the money was. <laughs> well, John Arler was one of the he commentated on the. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was worth it for him, wasn't it? He probably did have the something. The Sunday league had been going then for eight years, starting in nineteen sixty nine. It was the John John Player League, and um, no, I've. I, I anchored for the Sunday League. It was great, you know. Every, every Sunday afternoon, forty overs aside. The only thing wrong with it was restriction on the bowlers' run-ups, but other than that, it was it was really really good cricket. And wouldn't it be lovely to have something like that? And and and, and they used to have a there was a thousand pound prize, wasn't there? And every time you hit a six, you got a share in the thousand pounds. And some we... see, some seasons. Some seasons, players managed to score 12 sixes. <laughs> Why don't we bring all those rules back for this Sunday? This Sunday's a, the last home one-day cup game. It's a Sunday. It's 50 overs, close enough. Why don't we bring all yeah. those rules back, spice it up a bit? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, funny you mentioned talking game, about obviously. the changes. This, this is a, a paragraph called the county scene. County scene is indeed changing, and no doubt many will say that changes are long overdue. The 1968 season will see a new bonus scheme for point scoring aimed at increasing the tempo of the first innings. <laughs> yeah. Which is a change yeah. that they... Uh, didn't they make exactly that change this year by raising the oh, they've been bonus points around up to 450? In those, in those days, it was brighter cricket that was the big cause. You know, they, Everybody wanted brighter cricket, so they, they were doing all sorts of things to try and encourage faster scoring rates and, and uh, all the rest of it. And now we look back on that as the sort of golden age. Yeah. Of the 70s and 80s were, you know, to my mind, as someone who's getting on a bit, you know, they were the golden age, not just of Somerset cricket, but of cricket cricket more generally. When you had the Benson Hedges at the start of the uh, of the season, you had the Sunday League running through it, you had the Gillette Cup or Nat West in the second half of the season, and you had three-day county championship matches where you would probably play 16 three-day county championship matches in the course of the season and that you know that to me was the perfect setup it was hard hard work for the players because you know they're two two three-day championship matches in a, in a week and then up to headingly or somewhere for a sunday league match and then you know back for the uh, second day of a, a three-day championship yeah the sunday the sandwich was a you wouldn't want to bring that yeah. back no, you wouldn't. But I think there's a lot to be said for three-day county championship cricket because you could you could use the same number of days of county championship cricket to play every other team in your division twice if it was three days. And if you've got 110, 120 overs in in a day, 
you wouldn't really. Well, no, not so. Overrates were were an issue even even in those days. But overrates weren't. I know. Fantastic. I mean, like start at ten and finish at seven under lights if you have to. Yeah, but but you could you know six sixteen three day county championship matches. You know that wow. would be the same number as we've got at the moment. Moving with, on, Gibbert with... does mention that. 1969 yeah. will see the start of a one-day league with matches played on Sundays, probably with a limit of 40 overs for each side. To fit this in, the number of three-day county championship matches will be reduced from... Right, have a guess what it was. Will be reduced from what number? Uh, 32. No, less than to that. 26. 28 or to 24. The new programme for championship matches could give a club 16 weekend matches, eight at home, eight midweek matches, four at home, while the Sunday League will give every club 16 matches with eight at home. It will be possible to cut out midweek games in May and June to a large extent, thus concentrating the cricket into a period when the public is available to watch, namely at the weekends and during the holiday months of July and August. Yeah. Although there will be a... Although there will be a reduction in the total number of days cricket from 45 to 44, there will be 20 matches as compared with the present 16 and the two separate competitions could add greatly to spectator interest. Yeah. I, I probably... spent a bit of time today reading a BBC TMS book I got given and about Agnew and Tuffers his way into TMS and their history and summer holidays watching cricket and listening to TMS. Now they got into it and Agnew telling a story of a bloke getting 200 wickets in a year. 200 county... Wickets and Titch Freeman. Titch Freeman took three hundred in nineteen twenty six for Kent. He must have been knackered. Imagine that. (laughs) Oh, ridiculous! You don't get that in a career most of these days. This goes. This next uh, page goes on to talk about the finances. So, uh, Pete, I'm not suggesting that Somerset do this for two thousand twenty four, but it did say. This year, it seems that the one-pound membership idea might put the books right for the first time in a long while. That's a pound for every game <laughs> apart from the Gillette Cup knockout games for a whole season. Yeah. That's value. This improvement must be maintained, but what Somerset feel most strongly is that all the financial problems would disappear if county cricket adjusted itself to the 1960s instead of going along as if it were 1920. So today we know people say, why can't we go along like it's yes. oh. the 1970s, yeah. 80s. <laughs> yes, we're a bit guilty yeah. there. Yeah, we are. I must, go, I must, <laughs> I must leave you. So uh, we'll see you next no week. Worries, Gibbo. Uh, we just mentioned that Gibbo's managed to dodge the uh, trip up to Gosforth. He's got a meeting on, uh, on I've Friday. Got, I've got a very allegedly. important meeting that keeps me in Somerset. How is that? <laughs> who, who have you got covering I'm, you in Gosforth? I'm heartbroken that I oh. shan't be going to Gosforth. Well, you're doing your bit. You're doing your bit for the planet, Gibbo, by not you know, having a carbon footprint uh, all the way up and all the way back. So, uh, I'll catch you on Sunday, Gibbo, for the uh, for the yeah. Glamorgan game. Who do we you get know, the delights of listening to commentating at Gosforth, then, Gibbo? Sorry, do you know who it is? We get the delights of listening to from Gosforth. Uh, Rob Dunn, who I don't know. Rob Dunn. He's Robbie no, Dunn. No, no. Is he a jockey? Is he the one that had no. a thing with Bryony Frost? That Robbie Dunn. No, he's, 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 he comes from up there, up, up north. Up so. there. Up yeah. there. Yeah, but but from our, sure from our perspective, a, everybody comes from up north. He'll do a very good impression of a Somerset accent, I'm sure. Oh, fair enough. Well, I hope you've briefed him well. Yeah. I'm also missing the Durham game, but I am planning to go to Derby. Are you going to. Yes, I'll be there at Derby. I'll see you yeah, there, Peter. I'll see you there, yeah. 
forward to it. Right. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Very good. Cheers. Yeah. Right. Does After... that bring an end to story time? No, time I've got three more pages to go. I'll be quick. <laughs> After some of the happenings in 1967, Somerset have put forth a string of other ideas aimed at brightening up the game, penalising the time wasters, bringing in star cricketers, and generally making life much pleasanter. I'm reading that. I'm not sure if pleasant is an actual word or not. For the most important chap we know, the fellow who does us the honour of coming to watch our matches. So there we are. And there's you another enjoyed page. that, you? Yeah. And there's another page which is a, a basically a whinge about catering. But staffing problems are a major headache for any caterer. Which sounds mm. like Gordon Hollins and Caroline Herbert were saying uh, over the post-COVID years. Is there enough mustard in the box or whatever yeah. it was? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it says don't moan about lunch. But I will post all this online. But I thought that was a very, uh, a very entertaining and informative read, and just a reminder that we are on on a we are on a cycle, I suppose, with cricket, and the more things change, the more they indeed do stay the same. I don't think I've got anything more, my dear. Pete, have you had enough, or did you want to have a little read from the books that we, we talked about? Uh, oh, I pro- pro- probably had enough, but we were just, as we were warming up, Harry, I was saying I've got lots of books like this, and I found this book <laughs> called 60 Years of Somerset Cricket, and it's got a great big chunk in the middle called The Lean Years, which uh, uh, seemed to go on for an extremely long time, but the last chapter is called The Future. So let's just have a look at the future now, and here we are. This is the looking ahead to the future. Looking ahead to the immediate future of Somerset cricket is not exactly a cheering prospect. The team that will do duty in 1952 will be the same in the main as that of 1951, when it was a constant struggle to keep head above water. <laughs> there endeth the reading for, uh, for for today. And you two uh, are both let, very nice reading voices. <laughs> let's let, let let's go and watch um, Tom Cole Cadmore taking that catch again. <laughs> uh, Cheer yeah. ourselves yeah. up. Have a, but, uh, uh, always look at the bright side of live YouTube. There's a 25 minute supercut of it being repeated over and over and over and over again. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure, gents. Um, yeah, best of luck to Sean Dixon and the literal boys uh, going up to Durham. Uh, so that's uh, yeah Durham at uh, Gosforth on Thursday Glamorgan at home on Sunday that's a family day do take the wife and uh, kid or indeed husband and kids or indeed life partner and kids uh, just make sure they're your kids and you've got permission and then the Royal London Cup uh, sorry the Metro Bank always look on the bright side of life Royal London One Day Cup concludes on the 22nd of August at Derby at the Encora County Ground um, suffice to say, I don't think we're going to be making the quarterfinals uh, unless there's some mass points deduction for financial irregularities, but I can't see that happening. <clears throat> so then Somerset do have a break, and I think it's 3rd of September we crack on with the county championship down at the Aegeus Bowl. Yep. Gets back to some proper cricket. Gents, always a pleasure. Unless you've got any other business, we'll not get on the air for tonight. Thanks a lot. Cheers, all. Happy days. Cheers. Ta-ra. Cheers.